What's up guys? We've got a great show for you today. We've got NASCAR at New Hampshire and we've got a ton of hockey to talk about this week. Also a little bit on uh, the FA Cup with Christian Pulisic and what he's going through right now. And uh, a very long rant from myself and Josh. And so uh, stick around, hang out, let's have some fun. Hey, hey. Hello. feeling much better <laughs> good <laughs> oh gosh busy How's day it? yeah i this is red flags and red cards a podcast about racing soccer and everything in between Well, hey guys, welcome to another week of Red Flags and Red Cards. Thanks for making it this far. My name is Nick alongside Josh. I got our names right this week, so, that, so that's good. Josh, how is it going? It's going quite well. We got hockey going on pretty much 24-7. Um, you know, life is continuing to roll on, so uh, I, I can't com- really complain about anything right now. How about nice. you? It's going well. It's busy. I, I like the busyness. It's a different, different flow, but uh, of busy. But it's it's good. I'm I'm feeling accomplished, which I'm I'm very thankful for. Yeah. And uh, our our podcast is called Red Flags for Racing and Red Cards for uh, Soccer. But we're gonna barely be talking about soccer for, I would say, the next <laughs> few weeks to a little at least be at a minimum. We'll we should right. replace this with uh, red flags and I don't know red lights. For hockey, I don't know. We're gonna be talking yeah. a lot of hockey today because uh, it started back up, yes. And uh, Josh and I are very excited about that. But um, we'll we'll jump in here to uh, we'll talk about some NASCAR stuff. We had a standalone Cup weekend, so not too much NASCAR to talk about. But it was a what I thought of a very good New Hampshire race. Would you say so? Oh, I would agree a hundred percent. I found myself really enjoying, really from start to finish. I think towards the end it might have slowed down a little bit, at least for the battle up front. But there's great racing all throughout the field, um, I thought. So, yeah, great Yeah, I thought I thought NBC did a good job covering throughout the field. They didn't cover, you know, like your typical top five stuff. They did a good job just kind of showing you where, <clears throat> where battles were happening, which a lot of those battles, especially in the first stage, were uh, – we're just amongst uh, Denny Hamlin, Ryan, New- or Ryan Newman. Wow, <laughs> Ryan Blaney and um, Brad Keselowski. Thank you. My gosh, <laughs> that was that was some good racing because uh, you could tell that Ryan didn't want to hit his teammate out of the way to pass him, which kind of bit him in the butt a little bit because that's exactly what Denny Hamlin kind of did, and mm-hmm. uh, got by Brad Keselowski at one point. Yeah, I feel like there's I I'm thinking like three times that Denny like laid the bumper to Brad pretty good. And Brad returned the favor a handful of times. And it just, it made it really fun to watch because it, it, you really kind of had to, to pass. Yeah. It really kind of felt like a, I, there's times where I was like, this feels like giant Martinsville. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. It kind of looks like Richmond from afar. And then it kind of races like Martinsville. I totally see that. Yeah. And so it's, it was great. Cause I saw like one person like tweet out, you know, more short tracks. I'm like, well, this isn't really a short track. Which I believe uh, Cole Pern tweeted that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't, you know, I don't, I don't think, at least I wouldn't count it as a short track. Um, but it just shows that a track doesn't have to be short to produce great racing. You just kind of got to, you know, either 
shape the track well, or in this case, it was a rare use instance where I think the PJ one, which is kind of, you know, it's tired. It gets tiring talking about PJ one every other week, but yeah. um, I thought they did really good job with the placement of it. I've always noticed that this, I want to say always, I feel like they started adding PJ one to New Hampshire, what, three years ago, maybe. And it may not be that long, but it always mm-hmm. took it. This was always the best track for it. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, it, it's always been on the positive side when they apply it here. Uh, other tracks, it's hit or miss, but I feel like it's consistently been better with New Hampshire. It provides that second groove, that second higher groove, rather than just a one single at the bottom. Um, but I still think the, the bottom was the faster lane. I think that proven to be true, especially with uh, Jimmy Johnson dive bombing it between uh, one and two and then getting knocked yeah. out a little bit by Clint Boyer. <laughs> yeah, but then the the runs off the corner came from really diamonding the corner and entering high and then kind of cutting down. And you saw Hamlin and Kozlowski had a bunch of crossovers throughout it from, you know, they'd kind of let the guy on the inside go on that run and then they'd cross over and um, that they'd basically reverse it going into the next set of turns. And so yeah. it kind of, there was so much that you could do. Um, and as the run went on, like later in the, uh, run a lot of guys would kind of you kind of had to stay up high because the tires wore out so much um and i thought the tire wear was really good there were some tire issues but i think that from what i've heard and read and kind of saw there was usually something else that precipitated that it wasn't so much a um, good year issue as it was either teams putting too much camber in the car or you know they'd hit the wall or hit somebody else and that that makes actually more sense because there wasn't consistent blowing tires, kind of like what we saw at Indy. It was just, I mean, it really wasn't that many drivers. What was it was maybe five that had the like a random blowout, like Matt Kenseth, uh, Kyle Busch, uh, Christopher Bell. Was yeah, Christopher? I think it, yeah, I think it felt like more because Matt Kenseth blew three tires, three times. Well, yeah, and eight laps apart, right? Which is su- such a bummer for him, man. I was really hoping he was going to be doing something. Uh, this is better, but mm-hmm. we did find out today that he has a new crew chief. Yes. Which Chad I'm not mad Johnson about. Johnson was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, it clearly wasn't working. Um, yeah, it's, it sucks, but I guess that's the, the move you got to make. Phil Surgeon will be, uh, was named his crew chief today. He was the, I believe an engineer. He is an engineer with Chip Ganassi and they just bumped him up. He's been there since mm-hmm. 2016. So he's very familiar with Ganassi and hopefully they can turn this thing around and maybe get a win at Michigan. I'd be okay with yeah. that. <laughs> That'd be, that would definitely shake, <laughs> shake things up in the playoffs. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone would be like, what? Okay. Uh, and that's kind of been like, you know, that's the fun, I think probably the most fun thing to follow that kind of added to everything with the races you had a, you had great racing for much of the day, um, between Kozlowski and Hamlin and, um, the other Ryan, but, uh, <laughs> Blaney, yeah. but, um, you then had, you know, great racing throughout of guys battling around that transfer spot where Matt Benedetto had a big day to finally kind of, um, right the ship and give himself a bit more of a cushion. And then, um, you had the Byron Johnson Reddick battle for the last, which NBC did a great job of showing. Oh, for the last such a great job. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, um, I was hoping Jimmy was going to pull that one off, but Tyler Reddick, uh, definitely, took 10th with uh, Jimmy finishing 11th, right? Or is it already Byron? Uh, Byron. Yeah. Both, both Reddick and Byron got by Johnson wow. in the last lap and a half. That's um, amazing. And he, 
Yeah, so it was, and Reddick went from like 13th to 10th in the last six or seven laps or something like that. So it was just a matter of who took care of their tires best. Um, yeah. And the other interesting thing is this tire compound is the same one that's used at Phoenix. So yes. for a lot of guys, this was their kind of a somewhat of a, it's not exactly because obviously it's a different track, but similar practice run for um, getting Phoenix, especially someone like Chris Gabehart with Demi, Denny Hamlin, because the first Phoenix race he was suspended for. So, um, to Oh, that's right. Totally them, forgot about that. That felt like last year. It did <laughs> so long ago. Um, and the fact that there's not going to be any practice at Phoenix um, or any of the rest of the races this year, um, any type of help you can get in that direction is important. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so BK ended up winning the race after I believe it was an 81 lap run, which a lot of us, including NBCSN, was thinking uh, fuel was going to be an issue, whether that it's true or NBC was just trying to build a false narrative. I'm not sure, but everyone <laughs> seemed to be to the good. I don't remember anyone really even like back markers running out of gas <clears throat> coming towards the end of that race. I was hoping it was come down to a fuel mileage, but it also it turned out to not be, and just a mm-hmm. really good, clean win for uh, BK, who is calling me right now from Petersburg, Virginia. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always interesting because you had like I remember there was at one point where Harvick pitted, and then another caution immediately came out, and like the next half of the field pitted because there's a lot of different cycles, um, and they were coming out, and Byron was or Chad Canales was telling Byron save because we're about ten laps short, and then Harvick. They were like, oh, we might be, we're about a half a lap to the good. And I'm like, how is Harvick a half a lap to the good when he pitted 10 laps before Byron did? <laughs> and Byron <laughs> might be 10 laps short. I'm like, there is not, not the right the math. Truth. Yeah, someone's <laughs> lying for TV purposes in case someone hears them. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it was good racing. And then, uh, but do you want to kind of bring up a couple of things that we saw? First off, um, the Jimmy Johnson, uh, Clint Boyer kind of drama. How did you uh, see that unfold? Well, I had one opinion and then I listened to Brett Griffin kind of explain himself today. Cause he, cause Jimmy did uh, kind of throw some shade onto uh, Brett Griffin saying, yeah. you know, does Clint Boyer have a spotter? And uh, at first I thought Clint just didn't give him any room, which that still is true. But, I feel like, and again, this is hindsight. I'm not a spotter. I feel like it still was Clint's fault in a way, someone's fault, because um, he just, I don't know. I feel like Jimmy was there, though Jimmy did run run through one and two, the middle of one and two really fast and kind of did sneak up on Clint a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jimmy needed to check up. I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place with it. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm similar to where it's just kind of a, you know, it it's one of those deals where I almost think, I don't know if anybody's at fault because Jimmy carried so much speed through one yes. or two where he was legitimately, like they were saying on the that podcast, he was like three car lanes back. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was like five car lanes back and yeah. he like went under a lap car and just came out of nowhere. And um, so for Clint to probably hear, you know, he's or see him in the mirror going into the turn, he's not thinking when he hears inside, he's probably thinking there's some lap car or something like that and not thinking Jimmy's come from way back to all of a sudden be on the inside. So, um, but I did think it was an interesting thing that, um, they pointed out that 
has been something you notice like noticed over the years, but I don't know if I really ever focus on, but just how much Jimmy Johnson spins out over the years. Um, yeah, that, yeah, like he would spin out on Friday in qualifying and then come back and win the race or spin out early in a race and still come back and win the race. Right. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, he did do that a lot, you know? And even this year he's, they were saying he's been in, uh, he's wrecked in 40% of the races or at least spun out, but a part of a caution. Um, and it is interesting to see. And I wonder how much of it is this year. If it's, you know, situational, if it's just Jimmy's always been this way and we're just kind of now noticing it, or if do you think he's pushing a little bit because it's his last year and he wants to kind of go out on the best note possible. I'd say it's fair to say he's he's pushing it a little bit. I mean, what happened at New Hampshire was definitely a racing deal, uh, but he is he's having to push it a little bit more. To he really needs those stage points. He needs you know if he can get a win, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, he's got six races to do something, or the the playoffs are just going to be just races for him. Which I mean would still be fine. I'm sure he would definitely still go for a win, but it might mean a little less if he can't <clears throat> if he can't get to the playoffs. I feel like it'd be a little, a lot, it'd be a bummer for all of us as uh, NASCAR fans and just those involved with the sport. We really want to see him go out on a good note. He doesn't, I mean, for me, he doesn't have to win the championship. Would it be cool? Of course, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to win the championship for, for me, for him to go out on a good note. But I think the playoffs would be a good way to, for a good send off. Yeah, I think definitely to see him make the playoffs and have, you know, at least make it through a round or so and have some of the drama. That would be a cool thing to see. Um, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, obviously Dover would be two great chances for him to win, but that, that battle for the final spots right now is so close. I mean, Byron stretched out the advantage from the last spot from 10 points ahead to 15 because he got six stage points um, where the other guys didn't get any, but still they all finished right next to each other. And all it takes is one bad week. I mean, Eric Jones this week was kind of out to lunch, finished in the 20s, I believe. And um, it really took a big hit where he's now into must-win category. Um, right. Where Johnson and Reddick and Byron are all kind of, any of those could still points their way in. Um, I don't know if Jones can at this point. Yeah. Do you still think we're going to get a surprise winner in the next six races? Uh, who knows? <laughs> it I, would not surprise me at all. Yeah. If I had to guess, I think we'd get two. One being both at Daytona, one at the road course, and one at the Oval. But Yeah, the Daytona know. Oval, I definitely think, is uh, like Ricky Stenhouse or Matt Kenseth or yeah. Eric Jones. Yeah. I mean, even like Byron or Johnson or, you know, any of them. Um it wouldn't, you know, Reddick could go out and win Michigan. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that's true. The, uh, um, two, the the intermediates and the two milers, they're uh, they're proven to give us surprise winners lately. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially yeah. when those tracks like where you run the wall, um, which how much do they? They still do. They do that a good bit at Michigan, don't they? It's What's been that? A while since run the wall at Michigan. Oh yeah, they yeah, yeah. for sure. So that's a place where you could see Reddick, you know, excelling or I could see it. So, um, so yeah, it's anything's possible. Um, and you know, we could also seven races from now be looking at it and going, well, Kevin Harvick won three, Denny Hamlin won three and Chase Elliott won the road course. 
<laughs> and that would be perfectly believable as well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's completely all in, up in the air now. But uh, yeah, we've got a doubleheader at Michigan this weekend. Um, they're starting late, Saturday at 4.30 and Sunday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, there are no lights at Michigan. Uh, so <laughs> let's just hope it doesn't rain. It If it does rain at all, I think they're going to have to call it. Like if it rains from the beginning as a two-mile track and it's wide, I don't, I don't know if it would dry up in time. But hey, I don't want to be negative about it. I hope that it's sunny and beautiful. Jeff Gluck will be there, his first race since March, nice. um, reporting live for a race. So as a follower of his, uh, definitely excited for mm-hmm. that. And also, uh, Brad Kozlowski gets a one-year extension with Penske. So all of the rumors of him going to the 48 next year are officially over with. So mm-hmm. the real question is, where does that leave the 48? Does it leave it's it anywhere? Just, does it go away? <laughs> that's that's one of the one of the rumors out there is that Hendrick may be considering dropping down to a three car team, um, which would include dissolving the 88 car and Bowman would move to the 48 in that scenario. Interesting. Um, I, f- I feel like they'd go the other way. Dissolve the yeah. 48 and keep the 88. Yeah, that was I was surprised to hear that too, but um I don't know if it's something with ally, you know, sponsorship stuff or yeah. what um but that's one of the things rumored, but I I also read somewhere that Hendrick like doesn't want to do that because that would generally imply that um people are being let go and things like that, but yeah. nothing would be too surprising with the climate we have um economically right now if teams have to make cuts. Um but then there's also um the um, possibility of uh, Bubba Wallace stepping into the 48 is something that's being rumored as well as yeah. one of the teams he's talking to. So he's rumored with the 48, the 42. The if you're if you're if you're in the 40s, <laughs> good chance that you might be talking to Bubba Wallace, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I I would love to see him move away from the 43, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but as far as equipment and uh, engineering goes, I feel like every direction is pretty much up with the other teams. You like, especially with the forty-eight and that forty-two. I mean, Ganassi's a good team. I mean, they're still—I don't know. Would you still consider them like a A, B, B level team? Yeah, I'd like, still have them at the the B level. Um, I think. I I just think that there was such a big. Um, hill to climb with Kenseth joining in between Kenseth having to learn a new car. Um, you know, the, the transition, not necessarily, you know, there wasn't the off season of guys getting to know each other, working together. You're doing, it's not like they're around the shop each week. You know, it's, it's such a weird thing that there's such a kind of steep learning curve for somebody like Matt and talking about how the differences between Matt liking a a tighter race car where Larson likes a race car as loose as humanly possible, um, kind of created another steep learning curve where they had to adjust all that. And so there's just so much kind of working against Matt that I think has hurt the performance overall this year. Um, that I still think the 42 would be an excellent option and much improved over Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the play on yellow card, red card segment. Lovely. That offer. Um, but yeah, is there uh so anything else with the cup related race you wanted to talk about? Cause I no, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, 
Quick note on Indy racing, IndyCar racing. Uh, no fans at the Indy 500 was announced mm-hmm. today, which is such a bummer. Yeah. Um, it, they were going to be at 25%, which is roughly 80,000 people there. But according to reports and uh, local officials and yada, 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 uh, there has been a spike in Marion County, which is where <clears throat> the racetrack is. And that just uh, led Pinsky to saying, hey, we can't, we can't have fans anymore. So originally um, when COVID happened, they were going to have 50% crowd capacity and no crowds for qualifying day and whatnot. <clears throat> and then that dropped to 25%. And then as of today, it's there would not be anyone there. I have mixed feelings about it, mainly because not that I would have been able to go anyway, but I don't know, watching the Indy 500 with no crowd, like, ugh. Yeah, and like winning the Indy 500 with no crowd, I don't know, that's just... It's very easy to say that from hindsight, but I don't know what that's like as a driver. But man, that just, that blows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it won't take any of the prestige away from winning, but there will still be something lacking, I think, in the the celebration. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, Right. But yeah, that's a a bummer. But they're back at it again this weekend. Um, They have a a doubleheader this upcoming weekend. No, that Um, that got postponed. Oh, did that one too? The oh, mid Ohio, mid Ohio doubleheader. Yeah, they got postponed uh, to either right. September, September or October because of uh, a spike in coronavirus cases. cases. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I was bummed. I was like, oh man, I like mid Ohio. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, um, well, I, I'm. I don't know if they've had any updates on exactly when, but the last I heard it was September and October, some, September mm-hmm. or October. Um, and okay. I, I guess that would be like the the finale because that's usually the end of the season well right now october is pretty there's several races in october for indycar um they have the schedule that came out last was they had race like five races in four weeks in august uh-huh. and then they had all of september off and then i think four races in october this year okay um but obviously that might change a little bit as time goes on um but yeah so that's some of the f or indycar news um nick might have an update on some of that here in a moment but Uh, looking here we go as wow this is a big update holy crap it just says as of saturday august 1st uh both races have been postponed to later in 2020 uh, there's no, they're going to identify a later date when, uh, when they can, they don't really, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't have anything else. Man, it sucks. Yeah. It's a bummer, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, seeing they're doing what they can and at least we're getting, you know, yeah. what racing we can and glad they're going about it in a smart, safe way. Um, yeah. and then, uh, but Things continuing to go on in Formula One um, from yes. the highlights I saw. I haven't gotten to watch a whole F1 race yet, but oh man, that looked like a pretty wild last several it, laps. It was, man. Silverstone never disappoints. It is such a fast racetrack. It's it's on an old World War II airfield, so it's just wide open and not completely flat. There's a few little hills in there, but nothing crazy. But it's just wide open and so fast. And we saw uh, we saw guys 
like uh, Kvyat, who spun going through, um, I believe what they call Maggot's Corner, where the the left rear just came out from under him and he just spun and annihilated the wall. Like there was no down tires, there wasn't anything. It was just apparently it's windy in that part of the of the course, and he just kind of blew off the racetrack essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just provided for some great racing. There was no rain. I think a lot of us were hoping there was going to be rain because it's great britain and rain pops out of nowhere but it wasn't it was actually fairly hot the week that weekend uh sunday i think was nice but i do know qualifying was like 93 degrees fahrenheit which is hot anywhere in the world oh yeah (laughs) so um that that proved just to be um crazy on tires but one awesome thing that kind of came to light towards the end of the week was i don't don't say awesome but given the circumstances, but Nico Hulkenberg returned to formula one to replace Sergio Perez for the weekend because Perez tested positive for COVID, which means he had to go quarantine for, I believe 10 to 14 days, which then leaves Nico in the car for last week and this upcoming race. But the poor guy, man, he got a phone call. I believe on Thursday was at the track Friday morning, did a seat fitting, at like three or four o'clock in the morning, got the car ready, practice, qualified. He wasn't great. He made it to Q2. He didn't make it into Q3. And then <laughs> race coverage starts, and you see uh, the uh, racing point car that he was going to be driving with no tires on it sitting in the garage. Apparently, the car did not fire properly. So Nico was completely teased. And did not get to race, which is such a bummer. Because man, he just deserves a he just deserves another chance. To, he's a great race car driver, and uh, so it made for a nineteen car field. Hmm. Um, and by the end of lap one, it was down to eighteen car field, right? <laughs> yeah, um, Magnuson. Oh, poor um, Magnuson. He, uh, I don't agree with what the stewards did. So Magnuson and uh, Albon. Good lord. Hmm. Um, Albon went into the corner, deep into the corner, and oh, yeah, yeah. and K Mag was there, and uh, it it hit, and that's a fast corner, and uh, K Mag they collided, and he went spin into the gravel and hit the wall hard, and uh, thankfully he was okay. It was a it was a pretty big hit, but they get but the stewards gave uh, Albon a five second penalty for uh, causing a collision, which it seemed more of a racing deal to me. It didn't like. It was it was kind of like he came up and K Mag came down causing the collision, but mm-hmm. they have more angles than I do and they're way more strict than I would be as a official. I'd be like, yeah, yeah it's fine. They they hit no big deal, but they did not see it that way. So yeah, we've been just too like conditioned that. by NASCAR. <laughs> Honestly, we have. Yeah, we've been conditioned by inconsistencies. <laughs> uh, so that was really sucky for Haas to already have a car go out. Um, But after that, it kind of just became, as I put in our notes, a slow burn of a race Uh, because Hamilton took the lead and then uh, Botas got second. So it's like, oh, same story, different racetrack. But (laughs) then at the very end, (laughs) with like (laughs) two and a half, three laps to go, they go to the onboard camera of Botas and he's got a left front that is shredding. And, uh, of course the commentator is just going nuts. So he, he blew the tire, I think just before pit road entrance and he couldn't box in time. So he had to do a whole nother lap, which is, which is 3.3 miles, I believe. That's a long ways around. 
So he did that, gave up second place to Max Verstappen, and Max at this at this point is fourteen to t- fourteen seconds. It was like me, like me, it was like twenty seconds. Sixteen, yeah, I think it was sixteen, 16 seconds. seconds. Okay, yeah, behind Hamilton, and uh, it was like, well, we're not going to catch them, so let's go with the fastest lap. Goes to pit for the for new tires, comes out behind him, way behind him. While this is happening, uh, science blows the left front shreds it i mean explodes still no safety cars or anything no yellow flags and of course one lap to go guess who shreds his left front tire lewis hamilton in somehow shape or form makes it all the way back around and wins the freaking race and i was like honestly (laughs) why i mean it's fine i mean he's he's just he's a great race car driver i'll never put that Mm -hmm. past him but uh, there was a lot of hindsight there as to why Max pitted. He didn't need to pit. Apparently, according to his engineers, his tires were in good shape. So there hmm. really wasn't a need to pit. But again, you're not going to ask That's that. Sense. Yeah, it does right. think. But you're not going to... I don't know. Had had Lewis not blown a tire, no one's going to care. But Right. It's a smart yeah. idea to go for the the fast lap. and um, Yeah, so that was... Because he went from... I think he was 35 seconds behind when uh hamilton had the tire go down and he mm-hmm. got to i think he finished crossed the line about four seconds behind him or five seconds behind him and yep. it's like ah, as you as <laughs> good yeah i was like if he had just stayed out there 16 seconds behind he would have but you never know he could have also shredded a tire right you know maybe there's something hamilton's leaving stuff on the track and you know, he runs through it or something, which I guess that still could have happened and it, it didn't. So never mind. He, right. he could have won. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> he definitely could have. He probably could have like slowed down and not burned his stuff up. And you know, mm-hmm. he he wouldn't have to go for the fastest lap at that point. He literally just could, probably could have cruised to the to the checkered flag. Yeah, when they when they showed Hamilton come around the corner and taking the checkered, Matt is hauling around that corner. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, one more lap, he definitely would have passed him. But he did ask Christian Horner over the radio before the checker flag. He was like, can we catch him? And without missing a beat, Christian Horner just responds very calmly. He's just like, if you get to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, all right. I love the uh, bit of sarcasm there. It was it was awesome. Uh, but I mean, another good finish from Max. I think, I think that puts uh, Lewis at 88 points. 88 in the points lead and uh, Botas behind with 58. So he's already 30 points ahead. <sighs> but uh, interesting piece of news I did find out today. Uh, the Grand Prix at Imola in Italy, they're only going to have one practice session, one 90-minute practice session, which I thought mm. was really interesting. I'm not, I didn't really follow up too much on it. I saw a tweet about it. Uh, I don't know if that's like COVID-related or, or what, but... Um, that should be interesting. I'm really excited because usually these guys have three practices and a whole qualifying set. Well, three practices to get their their stuff together for qualifying. So mm-hmm. one ninety minute should prove to be fantastic. I'm I'm just excited for this season. I'm loving these every weekend races. I like repeating tracks. I know some people didn't like the fact that they went to Austria twice. I was all for it. I love. I I think I think I'm liking these double headers because yes it's the same track but there's a solid chance you're not going to get the exact same outcome mm-hmm. cuz you got the same cars and everything but 
you, with you the know. exception of Hamilton winning. Right. Well, like aside from like the top <laughs> two, let's like, so like three through 20, you kind of know what you don't know what you're going to get to a degree. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I just like it. It's, it's, it's really fun. Usually you only mm-hmm. see these, these tracks once a year and now we're getting to see them twice within a week of each other. So that's kind of formula one in a nutshell. I hope I wasn't too fast talking about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of racing for this week. Uh, I think some IMSA happened at Road America. I didn't follow it, so I'm not going to really touch on it too much. Penske won, uh, and Jordan Taylor um, had a good weekend. I think. They, oh, good. He was uh, part of the team that won. So, um, or for their class. Now Jordan Taylor's with the. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. overall. Um, and so, so that's always cool to see. I like Jordan Taylor a lot. He's he's with Corvette. Hilarious, now. is he? Yeah, he moved to Corvette because he he didn't want to hang out with Dad anymore. I think. Ah. Uh, Yes, believe, that's right. Yeah. The other yeah. brother, I believe, is still with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was going on. Um, I had the there's also some ARCA racing. Um, Sam Mayer got his first ARCA win, uh, which is good for him. He's had uh, some good runs earlier this year. Chandler Smith dominated the race and then had uh, some tire issues at the end. And so um Sam Mayer got first and Ty Gibbs got second. There was a second race that got rained out and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it got rained out again or what. Um, the results are probably out there and I'll watch it later this week if I have time and think about it. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the racing world. Um, short of some of our things in our play on yellow card, red card segment. So shall we go into that? Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, so play on yellow card, red card. I'm going to give a list of statements, and Nick will say if he agrees with it, if it's a good call, play on. Um, if it's kind of questionable, yellow card. Um, and if he doesn't like it, red card. And uh, so come of the couple of these, the first few, we've already talked about a little bit. Um, but Brad Kozlowski signs an extension with Penske, and it's for only one year. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say yellow card and I'll say that because of this I think it's great for Brad because he has he's he's been he's kind of a Penske staple at this point or he is a mm-hmm. Penske staple at this point so it'd be cool yeah. to see him for one more year but that just makes me question what Penske has in mind for after that because clearly if they really wanted him I feel like they would do like a three year so one year yeah. makes me wonder who they're looking at to replace him. Or if he's like, I'll do one year because I want to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's that's part of what I'm interested in, too, is who decided the one year element or where that was. Um, because with where Brad's at as a 36, 37 year old, it should be, I think, a no brainer to lock him up for four or five years because um, mm-hmm. he's going to be successful for that. Um, but the two things and one of the things Brad talked about was he's like, you know, drivers you just don't make the same they're not paying drivers the same as they used to um mm-hmm. and so you you get a younger driver that comes along financially you know it makes a lot of sense in many of those cases that was similar with matt kenseth a few years ago i think that was a contributing reason for why um they left let him go because you know eric jones is so much cheaper and so was suarez at the time right um and then Similarly, I think I think Austin Sindrick might be the person they're looking at possibly if they have a plan. Um, he may be. I think he might. They might want to give him a few year, more years in Xfinity if I were in charge. Um, but yeah. that would be kind of the guy I'd think. Um, so that makes second one. Sense. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, second one. Bubba Wallace is offered an ownership stake to stay with Richard Petty Motorsports. Yellow card again. Uh, I feel like it's a reach for for a reach for RPM. Uh, I think it's really cool for Bubba. Like that's a, that's a great thing. But I I think he needs to I think he needs to concentrate on him, and I think he needs to concentrate on racing rather than like a lot of publicity things because this might be somewhat of a marketing way of going about it um because i mean it looks really good you know part owner of a race team but it's a race team that's not that great i i think that um him going to another team is the best way to go but either way i'll support him that's fine <laughs> yeah i think the the ownership thing is kind of a big way because i think you know richard petty knows that they're not one of the top teams and yeah. so that's kind of a part of the sales tactic um, but I wouldn't do that if I was Bubba because it kind of locks you in long term. Yeah. Um, and that that's just a concern. Um, next one, NASCAR adds an additional chicane on the um, coming off of turn four at Daytona's road course. Play on. I was really hoping they were going to do this because they would have been fully in the gas in turn from turn three all the way to the end of pit road before turning left into the infield and good lord what kind of carnage would you have if they were going full speed granted they're not running the restrictor plate cars and whatnot and going that fast but they'd still be moving pretty hot uh actually they'd probably be going faster now that i think about it because they'll be right. probably running the uh yeah they won't be running restricted plate cars yeah i'm I, I think it's a great idea uh, it'll slow the cars down a little bit plus we've never seen the chicane before so mm-hmm. it it's gonna be new for all of us yeah, um, iRacing has a little video of what it, it close to what it'll look like, and it, it looks like it's just a nice addition. And like you said, for safety reasons, I think it's it's huge for them to do it. Um, so baseball has decided to continue their season on as planned. Play on yellow card, red card. Play on because I'm tired of hearing all these added things. Is this new? Because this is this different? Because I heard because I read last week, you know, they were thinking about doing double headers and going to seven innings seven inning games so is that all gone now i don't know if all of it's gone um but i think i think they're kind of like you know we've laid our we've made our bed we're gonna lay in it kind of seems to be what manfred was saying i think Mm -hmm. but i've also seen you know people in this time and age you know day and age people change their minds a lot as new information i shouldn't say change their mind but they as new information becomes available they changed the what they think should be the best thing to do. Um, I think the best thing to do would be to get into a bubble. It's just for two months. Every other sport's doing it, but that's true. It is two months. I think, I feel like I keep thinking it's going to be longer, but yeah, I guess two months probably that's not bad at all. They just go to like middle of nowhere. Arizona, maybe not Arizona, a little hot there. I don't know. Somewhere they can bubble up. I think that that would be yellow card. Then I don't think we either fully answered that oh but, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, um yeah yellow card for sure yellow card yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i think that's that's it because i want to talk about hockey let's talk let's talk about <laughs> hockey uh hockey is back y'all and it's yes. fierce yes and uh josh you watched way more than i did this weekend i was not able to did you like what you saw 
I did. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't get to watch necessarily as much as I would have liked to, I guess, but still able to get to see about a game and a half each day, um, either at least watching a game and then kind of having another one or two on in the background. Um, kind of like I do right now. I actually have two games on the background right now. Um, and if you, you know, if you're timing this up, we're recording this as Calgary scores their goal to take a 5-2 lead against Winnipeg. Um <laughs> <laughs> But really five to two. That's awesome. Five to two. Yep. Um, and so, but yeah, the intensity level has been awesome guys just fully committing. Um, you had a guy earlier in this Winnipeg, um, game, a guy for the Winnipeg took a, a puck off the face and immediately had to go like they stopped play and took him off the ice. And there was a trail of blood following him. Um, But, and another player got taken off on a stretcher earlier today, um, which isn't stuff that you want to see. But <laughs> there's just the intensity levels there, you know? And that's what. What was that PlayStation game? Rock the Rink? Something like that. Did yeah. you ever play that game? <laughs> I oh did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> but um, uh, the Preds, they, uh, they tied it up. They tied the series up today. So that was good yeah. news for me. One to one. Yeah, the Preds, I thought the Preds looked really good um, outside of the first period of game one, um, which all started. They took a there was a really weird goal off of one of the flukiest bounces I've ever seen. Um, And then Phoenix scored two goals. But after that, it was pretty much all Preds, Um, which I mean, score effects has a little bit to do with. Obviously, a team that's behind is going to pressure more. Um, And the team that's ahead will usually sit back a little bit. But from then on, I think. The Preds are they're the better team. Um, although I'm, I was always surprised every time Phoenix mentioned a player, I was like, they have Carl Soderberg? They, like, <laughs> they, have, they have this guy? They have, I'm like, I didn't realize that they had this many good players. Um, but I right. still think the Preds are better. Mm-hmm. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, so that's been kind of just kind of the thread. I don't know. Did you see that? There's the intensity level pretty high through the games you watched yesterday. I did. I was watching. Um, who did I watch yeah, there's so many games are starting to blend together. I think it yeah. was uh, the Rangers and the Hurricanes. That was a that was intense. I um, I feel like someone was mad at somebody every every face off, including who are the two guys that like right off the face off. There's a game misconduct for fighting because the guy hit the or came close or did hit the referee. Uh, we were texting yeah. back and forth about this. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't remember who the guy was for the Rangers that got into the fight, but yeah, they, they kind of immediately, um, I think it was Lucas Walmart. Nope. Walmart doesn't play for the hurricanes anymore anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or does he, I'm trying to keep track of everything. Um, cause there was a bunch of trades at the trade deadline. Um, and then the season ended. And so you didn't get to get completely used to who all was on the teams now. Um, but yeah, there was high intensity. I mean, and that also, that laid itself into kind of the second point that we were wanting to talk about is that um, the intensity level has been great, but there's still the players aren't in the greatest shape yet. They're not in, you know, they're in great shape, but they're not in what the players call hockey shape. Um, so there's still a good bit of rust, which leads to mental mistakes, which me- leads to penalties and lots and lots of penalties. I think the first Rangers hurricanes game had 38 penalty minutes. No way. Yeah. <laughs> good like, lord um and none of it i think maybe there was i don't think there was a fight in the game either in that one so i mm. think it was just what would that be 19 
yeah. minor penalties. Nineteen minor ca- penalties. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and and that's been the case with just about every game I've seen. There's a lot of penalties, um, and it's there's kind of two things. A like I said, the rust element, but also like the referees are calling the games tight. Um, and as there's been, I haven't really seen any penalties and been like, ah, that's weak. Like, or that's not a penalty. Like, I feel like the refs have done a good job. They're just calling the games tight, um, which is fun for power plays and stuff like that. But as the playoffs go on, that will stop and they'll start I was gonna them say, play a bit more. Yeah. They might just be trying to like set the tone a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, that'll cause guys to, you know, like you said, like to play, to play the game and, and, and be less sloppy sometimes you almost think it'd be the opposite because the players are so rusty that they would let more go mm-hmm. but I, I can i can see why they would be tighter on everything here's my question mm-hmm. is the the round robin part of this tournament is it just so those teams can play because i know like they're playing to just set the the seed right right okay um so there's there is that element where they're trying to Hockey's just such a momentum game, and when you, the more you're playing intense games, the better you'll be in the next round. Um, and so that's why you'll see, like, typically, whenever last year in the playoffs, for instance, the Islanders went out, and in the first round, they swept Pittsburgh. And then they had, like, 10 days off before they played the Hurricanes, who had went to seven games. And the Hurricanes went out. And they swept the Capitals, or I mean, not the Capitals. The, they had they played seven against the Capitals, and then they went out and swept the Islanders. And I think a large part of that was because the Islanders had so much time off while the Hurricanes were still playing. And then, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, the next round, the Bruins had gone six or seven games, and they played against the Hurricanes, and then they swept the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes had had so many days off, and the Bruins had been playing consistently. Right. Um, and so I think it's important. They realize that it's important for everybody to be playing competitive games. Um, and I think certain teams have picked up on that and understood the importance. Philadelphia came out flying. Um, they, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been like the Tampa game was really good. And the, so all those things. But one team that um, really did not come out and played really lackadaisical was the Bruins, who seemed to they're pretty i'd say they were probably one of if not the most popular pick to win it all um and with the way they were playing in the first game i'm like i don't think you guys can just turn on the switch when it comes to elimination games like yeah i think they got to start playing with intensity because they were i mean before all this covid stuff happened they were they were terrifying in the regular season in mm-hmm. february and march and we all were like oh yeah like we'll definitely see them in the playoffs at some point. Like we may even have like a repeat Stanley Cup like we saw last year with them and the Blues. Um, but to see them down, they had another game today, didn't they? Because they, they were they're uh, down 0 and 1. Do they have a game today or is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow is their next okay. game. Okay. Okay. Um, because the round robin games only play, teams only play three games. Right. Each. Um, so, so I will see if they pick it up. Um, the other kind of two cool things that I've seen is. Uh, the lower seeds are hanging around in there. Obviously, you had the Coyotes as an 11 seed win the first game against Nashville, so that one's that tied. pissed me off so much. <laughs> I was like, guys, they are 11th. Come on. Yeah. Um, and then similarly, you had the the Blackhawks as a 12 seed won the first game, and the Canadians as a 12 seed won the first game. 
Um, both those series are now even. Um, but if you want to watch goal scoring, watch Chicago versus Edmonton. There's been 19 goals scored in the two games they've played. <laughs> what was the um, final score of last night's game? I had to go to bed. Last night's was uh, six to three. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, they're so fun to watch, man. They're so mm-hmm. fun to watch. Oh, man, I feel like I would totally go for them if the if the Preds go out. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely. I mean, Connor McDavid is just a freak. His <laughs> skill level. Is he? Uh, just, what's his face from uh, Mighty Ducks? Yeah, he's like he's like. If you took all the yeah, it was uh, what was his ca- name? If you took the cowboy out, oh god, the cowboy out, name? yeah. Um, that guy's name. Yeah. But like he was, you know, just the the hand eye coordination he has, but then also the top speed. Like there's a few a few guys can skate as fast as him, but with the puck, like he did this crazy maneuver in the game yesterday where he was bouncing the puck, like chipping it over people while it bounces in the air or chipping it over a stick, and then he skated around the guy, and they're like his top <laughs> speed at this was 24 miles per hour. Oh my word. Yeah. That's a speed limit through my neighborhood is 25. (laughs) And, and he was rolling, rolling that on skate. So he's just incredible to watch. And he had a hat trick in the game yesterday. Um, so that's the other cool thing to see is just star Mm -hmm. players taking, you know, acting like star players, McDavid with the hat trick. Svechnikov had the hat trick in game two for the hurricanes. Um, Toronto was in a, it was important for Toronto to get a win today and their two goals were scored by Austin Matthews and, um, John Tavares, their two best players. So, um, it's great hockey. It's fun. Um, you're seeing great goaltending between like Carey Price and Corpus Allo for the Blue Jackets have both been playing out of their minds lately. Mm-hmm. Um, star players are looking great. Sidney Crosby's flying around out there. Uh, yeah. He's already got a couple goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's great and yeah we have several not, more days of it i will say it's it's not going to be ending anytime soon speaking of uh hat tricks i want to give some props out to nhl to the nhl for having hat trick people like in the stands <laughs> staff yes. members just throwing <laughs> hats in, on the ice just to kind of still give it that the feel as if uh fans were there mm-hmm. and also the humor um from uh from the NHL, I, I reposted on my personal account Instagram the other day. For they put the the attendance for one of the games was zero, <laughs> and I I lost it. I thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, so props to the NHL; they're they're doing a good job. There's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. with what they're doing and what the NBA is doing because they're both in a bubble. So as far as the the scenery and the arenas, how they look and. Uh, just trying to make the games feel as quote unquote real as possible for the players, you know, as far as, uh, playing simulated crowd noise, um, you know, they're, they're doing the sirens they're doing everything that would happen at a normal game just without the fans. So perhaps mm-hmm. the NHL for, for doing that. It took a long time to get here and everyone come to the same decision to, to get the season moving forward. <clears throat> but I'm happy with what I'm seeing so far. I love that. I can turn on, my TV at 11 o'clock in the morning and have hockey on until I go to bed. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> so amazing. Awesome. So awesome. I'm all for this. If they want to do like, like a FA cup style where they have, you know, the ECHL playing the NHL teams and having a tournament like that. That'd be so sick. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
I doubt it. It will never happen yeah. for injury sake and time sake, but right. And it's, it's cool. slightly different too. Cause yeah. um, ECHL and AHL, you know, the players are also belong to the team. Yeah. That, you know, there's, cause they're more of minor teams and stuff like that. Minor right, clubs, right, right. but, um, don't yeah. crush my dreams. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Pretend I said nothing. <laughs> can, can you imagine a team getting relegated to the AHL? <laughs> That'd be, <laughs> That'd be so sick. I mean, that would be fun. I, I just think everything should have relegation systems. I think yeah. it's it's better. It's better. Yeah, it is better. Um, yeah, so basketball's going along. Haven't really followed it much. Um, Me either. I'm just racing and hockey yeah. is kind of where I'm at right now. So for those who wanted to listen about NBA, sorry. Yeah, um, baseball's still going. I mean, the twins are rolling, so that's kind of what I've been paying attention to. But other than that. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Braves are going to do now. We lost like our star pitcher last night. Uh, they're still top of the division, and it's like yeah. not even close. Well, technically, the Marlins are the top of the division, but they're two and one. Oh. Um, so after that, like the second place is the Nationals. I think they're like three and four. So mm. the Braves are already have like a three game advantage. I think yes. they're, they they should be uh, in good shape for most of the year if they they keep it up. Yeah, here's a here's a little a side note. Uh, my my brother in law and sister and they're all fam. They're uh, they're moving to Atlanta like right now. Mm. They're closing oh, wow. on their house, and I mm-hmm. mooch off of him because I use their YouTube TV account because mm. he has like X amount of logins, and he was like, "Here, you can have my YouTube TV account." I'm like, cool. Nice. And I thought the other day, I was like, "Wait a second, you're moving to Atlanta, which means you're gonna have Fox Sports South, which means you're gonna have every Braves game televised." Mm-hmm. Yes, I am here for it. I'm watching <laughs> Braves games every day. I'm very excited about that. I'm just like I, I think the 60 game. I'm, I'm probably not the only one person to say this. I think the 60 game schedule has got me more intrigued to watch way more baseball. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. teams I usually didn't even care about, but uh, this week's really busy. But last week I was watching uh, one or two games every night. Maybe not all nine innings, but at least four to five innings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's kind of made it. things definitely more enjoyable. I think, um, and even fun stuff like the I like their their extra innings rule. Um, yes, I guy just, on second. I, yeah, I think that's added a lot of fun strategy and stuff like that. So, um, so glad to see that. And even the they're starting to get back to normal play and making up games. The uh, Marlins are supposed to be playing. They're I think they should be playing right now. They're kind of the game got postponed a little bit delayed a little bit because they're waiting for the latest test results to come back. But, um, if not tonight, then tomorrow they should be back to play. Um, and then soccer, there was a little bit of soccer action this week. Um, we had the FA cup final and, uh, we lost our golden child to injury. We did. We did. <sighs> but he was beautiful until that injury happened. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard any result, like any updates on that? I don't even know what the injury was. It was a pulled hamstring. Oh, so, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal injury. It's and you just never know. Like that's the type of injury that could, you know, be a couple of weeks or so, and he's back to normal, or it can be like a lingering problem for years, and that's always kind of the fear, you know. Yeah. But. Uh, he's got the best doctors in the world. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be totally yeah. fine. Um, it's fine. But Apparently, and, Tom Brady threw some shade at him. Did you see that? I'm looking what? at it right now. 
Yeah. Why would Tom Brady throw shade at Christian Pulisic? He says, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, that's weird to say. Let's start there. Tom yep. Brady had a strong reaction to an injury to Chelsea's Christian Pulisic, blah, blah, blah. With Pulisic suffering a hamstring injury this weekend during a match, Brady responded on Instagram with a one-word response. Hashtag pliability. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Brady's, you know, he prides himself in whatever his body eating food plan, workout plan is of being, you know, the bionic, or not bionic, the amazing man that's like 48 years old and still yeah, super athletic. He's not that old, I know. <laughs> However, I mean, like, Grant, Brady's great. He's a fantastic athlete. But, dude, mm-hmm. you've never ran the amount that, any soccer player has to run in a game. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you've got lots of trophies to back up anything you say, really. Mm-hmm. But you also are protected by, you know, 10 other guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. I won't get on that train. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so Arsenal won the match. Yes, two to one. And uh, two to one. And um, so not only did Pulisic get injured, but didn't get the trophy out of it. And then uh, the other big thing that happened was today um, with Fulham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fulham beating Brentford to join West Brom and Leeds United as the three teams being promoted to the Premier yeah, League next year. I was kind of bummed because Fulham was here two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Brenton hasn't been in the Premier League or the top flight since, uh, I want to say... Like World War One ish. Oh wow! Somewhere it was a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that was the highlight I saw. But hey, cool for Leeds. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And West Brom also, I think, just had a one year absence. Maybe yeah, two years. Like maybe I think maybe, or, maybe two. Maybe two. One or two years without being in the Premier League. But um, so yeah, very cool to to see um, it all. Which will be. All, be back in a month. <laughs> yep, be back in a month. All three games in the or all three goals in the game were scored in extra time or in overtime. No way. So yeah, it was zero zero after regulation, and uh, Fulham scored two goals in the extra time to take a two nothing lead, and then in like the one hundred and eighteenth minute or something like that, one hundred twentieth minute, um, Brentford got a got a consolation goal, but okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, all the news with soccer. Um, and the other kind of news with soccer that happened over the last week was um, uh, CONCACAF announced that instead of the traditional hex that they've had where six teams play and the top three advance to the World Cup, it's now an octagon. Um, so eight teams will be playing. I'm not sure exactly for how many spots, if it'll be four automatic spots or three. Um so eight nations and stuff of that. Eight nations eight, in the Concacaf. Yeah. So typically, okay. there's like a first, uh, several rounds of qualifying early on, and it's the USA, you know, playing some uh, some island nations that the average American hasn't heard of, um, right? And then or something like that, and then or Central American countries that are really small, and they use you know it has the traditional 
USA ties them in the first match and then beats them 12 to one in the second match. Um, sure. <laughs> something like that. So I, I'm not sure how all of that's going to play out or if some of that's getting skipped with the pandemic, but there will be eight teams battling it out in round robin play to determine who goes on to the world cup, which would next be in 2022. So that qualifying in Qatar in Qatar. Yes. Um, so that qualifying stuff will all start. Uh, I think in January or February. Bring it on. Next year. Bring it. Hey, we're a month away from September. Yes, we are. And then a are. month away from October and two months away from October. I don't know what that means. I just, I don't, it I don't means we're two months. Then we'll be two months away from Christmas. We're and December closer to 2021, which I don't know <laughs> what that even means anymore. <laughs> right. People keep tweeting or posting memes or stuff like that. Looking forward to 2021. I'm like, eh, I wouldn't count your eggs. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've been hearing it could some, be worse. I've been hearing some not so great rumors about big crowds and concerts and stuff, which is my field. Right. But quick bit there. There is a concert. I think it's this week in Taiwan. It's a I don't know if it's like a K-pop artist or or what. It's an Asian pop artist uh, is doing a huge festival in Taiwan. 60,000 people. Sold out in 15 minutes. So Good there's gracious. that. Yeah. And I think it's, I feel like it's this week because I remember it being like a last minute announcement. Mm-hmm. Anyway, would you, do you have anything to rent and ramble about? Um, not really too much other than, uh, you'll see a lot of stuff posted. If you follow our Instagram page over these next few weeks, or if you follow my page from moneypuck.com. Um, and there's a lot of really fun, great analytics resources out there in the world that kind of help give greater detailed information into what's going on in the hockey games that are happening. Um, so money puck is a website I recommend checking out. If you're watching hockey games, it has cool stuff like expected goal statistics, um, which kind of gives based on where shots are taken and how many shots and all those things, kind of what the expected goals should be for each team Um, keeps track of what players are playing well, which ones are playing poorly. Um, And as well as has stuff like, you know, the odds of a team winning if a thousand simulations were played, it creates these fun instances like the other night when Montreal went to overtime against Pittsburgh and they were saying, you know, in a only in 11% of simulations would Montreal win this game. And yet Montreal went on to win the game. So that's just a, a cool analytics website that I'd recommend to people. How about you? Um, I have two that have been juggling, but I'll go with the one I originally was going to go with for a rant ramble. Um, why do we hate winners as sports fans? And I, and I, and I'm asking this question. It can be rhetorical. You're welcome to answer it. But I was thinking about this because, uh, Jimmy Johnson will be <laughs> retiring at the end of the year. And, You know, when he was dominating NASCAR and it guaranteed Shuin to be the top, one of the top two drivers to go for the championship at the end of the year, you knew he was probably going to get it. And then he would win, he would boo him, and this, that, and the other. So, this weekend, and the guys that that I was with, they are Formula One fans, and they were saying like they couldn't stand Lewis Hamilton. And And that, and I was like, but why? Because like, cause he he's such an amazing driver, and and like like a like a driver like Kyle Busch, he's very successful. But I don't like him because I go past the racing. I don't like how he is as a person on on camera. He very well could be a really cool dude outside of 
of the racetrack and outside of a, of a camera. And with interviews I've heard him with, especially with Dale Jr., he seems very likable. And even when he's doing the broadcasting, he seems very likable. Like I would want to hang out with him. Lewis Hamilton is kind of opposite where he's incredibly successful and is incredibly well-spoken behind the camera and is always excited to win a race. And if he doesn't win, he's still very thankful for his team and knows, you know, he's always, he always looks on the bright side of, you know, we can improve this, that, and the other. So yeah, it just, and I know I'm just kind of rambling here, but it's just, I'm like really curious of why the heck do we not like to see winners? Hmm. I don't know. You're welcome yeah. to answer it. You might ponder over it, whatever. Uh, yeah, um, I, my my initial thoughts are kind of the two. Well, one, the one area you brought up of we get tired of the same person winning all the time. That would be one initial idea. Another idea is a certain element of jealousy. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you guys want to hear me or you guys have probably already heard me complain about how like none of my teams have won championships or win them often. I know Nick's heard me complain about that numerous times. <laughs> um, and so when you get a, a team that dominates, you know, you, you start to get jealous of that. But uh, I, I have to think on that a little bit more to come up with a, a good answer of why societally there seems to be this group effort of deciding we are not going to like, it's not like, you know, you like a few individuals dislike Jimmy Johnson when he was winning all the time. It was like a large quantity of oh, people. Oh yeah, like the <laughs> booze at for him. the booze at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Go like to two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Those were the yeah. largest booze ever. Yeah, and Jimmy <laughs> Johnson is one of the most likable human beings there is. Yeah. He's so cool. Like, (laughs) I feel like I would, I would love to have a conversation with him. He just seems like such a genuine dude. So like Mm -hmm. I said, and like what you said, uh, I don't have an answer for this. It's, it's, it was just something that kind of blows my mind. Um, but I think I, I like recognizing of this. Why do we don't not like winners? Uh, but it helps me respect other athletes and teams and, if I don't like them, have a better reason to not like them than just them winning all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This, this is why the, it's called the rant and ramble section. We don't really have an answer. We just right. s- share what's on our mind. These are things <laughs> that Josh and I text each other throughout the week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the other person may not have an answer for the other person, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's and sometimes <clears throat> you don't like people for just random vindictive reasons. Like they right. beat your team. 14 years ago and you still haven't completely gotten over it, but you kind of super respect that team because of a, some of their, the people they have in the business and, uh, uh-huh. their players. I'm talking about the hurricanes right now. I have this weird uh, love hate relationship with the hurricanes where I love them and I love Eric Tolsky. He's the smartest man in hockey. Um, but I still haven't let go of the fact that they beat the Sabres in game seven of the Eastern conference finals in 2006, because Every single Sabres defenseman got injured. Um, see, I haven't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're uh, you can you can like sense the hate just coming through the right. microphone there, right? But then I I love Raleigh and I love seeing the Hurricanes do well and there's so it's it's sports are weird. They are and, so they're so weird, and we love them for it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I well, it's it's weird living in Nashville because I grew up being a Detroit Red Wings fan. And there was a time where Detroit and Nashville were a huge in-conference rivalry. 
and now they're not because they're not mm-hmm. in the same conference anymore. But from what I've been told, there is still a rivalry there. Uh, my boss, Mitchell Tenpenny, he, uh, he he's like, we played a show in Michigan, and he loves jerseys. And they were going to give, uh, we they were going to give him uh, a Red Wings jersey. But he was like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, he was asking, he's like, like I don't know what to do. Like, should I take it? Because like, like, the Preds are my team. So, so wearing a rival team's jersey it just doesn't sit well with me and i was like i got nothing for you dude because i, I kind of <laughs> like both so long story short they end up giving him a detroit tigers jersey ah, and it made cool. it made him feel so much better i was like well <laughs> as long as you feel better but i totally would have taken the uh, red wings jersey absolutely so anytime the red wings come to play the preds i usually wear my red wings hat and a preds shirt because i love both teams and yeah. that's all i've got for that so yeah uh, next week we will not have a podcast. Um, I'm going on vacation. Hello. I'm gonna. Yeah, hello. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna try to uh, to shut off that week. Um, try not to be call. on too much too much social media. So if you have any uh, sports questions or whatnot, tweet Josh because he has all the <laughs> yes. he has all the answers. Also, shout out to the one list one listener in Australia and one listener in the Philippines. I found out we had some downloads from there. So I don't know if you're a robot or if you're a real person. But if you are real, message us on Instagram, RFRC yes. pod- Podcast, please. We'd love to meet you. Yes, indeed. Cool. So cool. with that, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. And we will see you guys later. Bye.